Welcome to episode number 87 of Take Him With You for September 26, 2010. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. On today's show, we're going to talk about Amy's birthday, the MW Orbit Project, and more. Yes, we're going to have a great time today. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun things, uh, plus uh, kind of an update on our friend Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. Our main topic today is going to be an interview with our friend Brett Hammond from Illinois, uh, all about his life of geocaching, writing zombie stories, and pastoring a church. Yep, all that. It's going to be a very interesting show today. I hope you enjoy it. Have you worked it out yet? Do you know yet where you are? What this miraculous machine is? He asked, casually puffing on a cigar. Rose didn't respond. There was nothing to say. Just let him be done and go. Do you want to hear a story? He asked, not bothering to wait for a response. It's a sad story, really. Maybe it ought to be a fairy tale. That's it. Really, it should start with something along the lines of Once upon a time... Sarah and Jones are nearing their destination, each day moving closer to answers and betrayal. Past, present, and future will all come together at NASA, the last human outpost. It's time for the dreaming to end and everyone to wake up. But while the dreaming is over, the nightmare has only just begun. for two double episodes co-written by Stefan Sonic and Simon Meddings. Church and State and the End of All Dreams. The Martians Are Here podcast, not for the faint of heart. It isn't for the faint of heart either. Wow. Crazy story. You've been doing some cool music with that, too. Having and, a lot of fun with and it. And sound effects. My my favorite is when you ask me, do we have some eggshells? Do we have some eggshells? And I had to go and search. I asked you twice? The, well, I don't know. But anyway, I had to go search through the garbage for eggshells so that you could do a special sound effect. It was a sound of um, uh, like uh, the arm of a creature getting impaled impaling another creature that's kind of yucky well yeah so the eggshells yeah mm-hmm. yeah you never know what it'll be like at our house that's true i sometimes find really odd things around your computer area because you've come and got cookie sheets and beans or pennies or you gotta make sound effects you yeah know. there's all kinds of odd cost less things. than buying them yeah i guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Just, just messier. By the way, I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And we do the Taking With You podcast. That's what you're listening to. Probably uh, knew that already. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Unless they're listening by accident. Or someone else is listening to it. Sorry, I was yawning. Hearing. It's too early. It is early today. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, anyway, uh, we'll be right back with what's going on at our house.
Well, your birthday's coming up. Well, yeah, but your birthday's coming up before mine, so I don't know why you would We're only one mine. week apart on our birthdays. Yeah. So but yours is in October, mine's not till November. Kind of arrogant to talk about my birthday. I want to talk about your birthday. Well, why would you want to talk about my hey, birthday? Hey everybody. Amy's birthday is November 2nd. You know, some years it's on All Saints Day. I don't I don't know if Don't celebrate that day. Oh, okay. Anyway, you were on November 2nd and you're going to be Wow. I we don't need to say any numbers. Now, I got confused last year. I was I got my numbers wrong. What am I going to be this year? You're going to be 45 this <sighs> year. 45. Doesn't yeah. see It just seems like yesterday I was 19. And I'm 20 years younger than you, right? Uh, <laughs> scandal rocks the Moyer household. <laughs> but that probably wouldn't work cuz that meant that I would have had to have my oldest child when I was five. Uh, I don't yeah. think that would yeah. work. <laughs> Since I have a 20-year-old. You're only a year and a week younger than me. So you'll be 44 this year. Yeah, you don't have to tell everybody. Yeah, but you don't look a day over 29. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 29, I probably look better than... I don't know. I was pregnant with my third child at 29. Oh, boy. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I was just going to ask you, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, Catherine has a list. Well, that doesn't say anything to me. Um, what do you, Amy Moyer, want for your birthday? What is your birthday wish at 44 big years? Um, we keep yawning on our, People are going to fall asleep I know, on our podcast. I, um, well, I want a pair of rubber boots. Cause wow. Because I, I do um, yard work outside sometimes, and it rains most of the year here. So You want I, an iPad? No. Oh. Um, the other thing, Catherine was asking me the other night if I like um, my own copy of, what was the movie's name? Letters to Juliet. Letters to Juliet. Oh. I might like that. You didn't like that movie, but I liked it. I watched it. it, didn't I? You did? I was Okay, we really might as well surprised. review it right now. Letters to Juliet. I, okay, I, this here's the I story. I give it a five star. My girls go to Seven Eleven, a local convenience store. Well, I don't know if you live in the United States, you know what a Seven Eleven is. Yeah. I don't know if they have them international or not. But anyway, they go to Seven Eleven, which has a red box, which is this cool unit that you put your credit card in and it pops out a DVD or a Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and you get to watch it for a dollar. Yeah, a dollar a day or dollar fifty for a Blu-ray. Anyway, they go and uh, they they say, "Well, we're bored. We want to get a movie." So I said, "Okay." Well, that's I never fine. say I'm bored, but maybe Catherine did. <laughs> well, anyway, they tell me they're going to get this movie, "Letters to Juliet." I thought it was the movie about that lady Julia that Childs. that tried all the Julia Child's recipes. Julia and Juliet. Yeah. Well, that's close. I mean, it's a similar title. So I was all excited because I like cooking, and I thought I hadn't seen that movie. And so they come home, and they put it in, and it starts off, and it's like some cheesy, romantic, weird, silly movie. It was sweet. Had nothing... Well, it had to do with cooking, but not the way that I thought it was going to have <laughs> to do with cooking. Well, it, anyway... It definitely is a chick flick, but it was a sweet movie. I okay, well, it. basically, spoiler alert. The the uh, the I could have predicted what was going to happen, and I did, didn't well, I? Well, it is a very predictable movie, but it's a cute movie at the same. This time. is Catherine, everybody. What did you say? I, I said it is a very predictable movie, but it's 
I love those ones still. I like predictable, happy ever after movies. I don't like sad movies. So this girl goes to... She's um, on vacation in um, Italy. Italy with her fiancé. Mm-hmm. And she goes to this wall where people write letters, write letters and stick them into the wall to, to Juliet. Juliet, like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's, there's a balcony and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they stick letters in there. And then these these ladies come and gather the letters at the end of the day, and they write back to every girl that actually puts their letter into mm-hmm. the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. And most of these letters are with guy problems. Guy problem, yeah. All the girls are crying all the time when they're visiting this wall. It's kind of weird. <laughs> so Maybe anyway. to a guy, but not to a girl. It makes sense to girls. Well, anyway. Okay, so anyway, this girl then meets these people that, that write back to all the girls that put the... Anyway. And she wants to be a writer. And at the time, she's She a discovers this checker. old letter that is behind one of the bricks. Mm-hmm. And, and the letter like was written 50, in the 50s. It's a 50-year-old letter. 50-year-old letter. And so she decides to write back to this lady 50 years later. Uh-huh. And she does. And the lady comes to visit. And anyway, she goes searching across the country for her long-lost love. And she has a son that's with her. Grandson. Or not, a grandson that's with her. And, of course, I predicted that. Well, I won't don't, say. Don't if you say. Just watch. Say. If you if you want a smolty romantic movie, I guess it's okay. My wife kept going, look at the scenery. It's beautiful. I'm like, they probably aren't even really there. It had beautiful scenery and beautiful music and a cheesy story. Okay, That's now this is what would have made the movie. movie. <laughs> no, this is what would have made the movie better. Okay. Someone died? No, no. <laughs> if, if they would have, if, if. They would have got that letter out of the brick. The lady would have come back, and somehow they would have been magically transported back to the oh to the past, where she got to actually see them meet and everything. And then there would have to be like an alien that visited them, and like a spaceship, and then some laser like fighting. And that would have made the movie better. Um, no. That would have been a chick Or they drank the wine and they you know got young or something again. That would have been cool. Well, you know, not everything in the world has to be a sci-fi show. Well, I think it should be. I think that would make everything better. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think we watch so much sci-fi here that every once in a while I have to watch a chick flick. Well, maybe in the first five out. minutes while the girls are putting their letters into the wall, one of them could be decapitated. And that would... That would make it a sci-fi original movie. It could go on Saturday night on Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> the most dangerous night of television. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't I I don't know how many times we tried watching a sci-fi original movie and had to turn it off within the first 10 minutes because yeah. it was so gory. Yeah. 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 I don't like gory movies. Guess- I like pretty scenery, pretty music and a cheesy predictable happy story. Guess what I'm doing? Oh, I'm oh. going to the mw-orbit.com yeah. website. Well, you, know, you have pretty pictures and pretty music on there. That pretty? Mm-hmm. And and the start of a cheesy story. I like the where it's going right now. It's, cheesy? It's in a happy place. Cheesy isn't good. I like cheesy. But Dad, it's not like people are getting their heads. It hasn't happened off. yet, but No, not you're not gonna have yucky stuff in your story, are you? Anyway. MW Orbit is my new 
music project that I'm working on. And if people will go to mw-orbit.com, mm-hmm. they can read all about MW, and they can uh, listen to some music, and they can uh, get some status updates from MW. He's a little probe that NASA's launching pretty soon to go and search the Milky Way for life. And so uh, people can read all about what's how he's being trained and everything. Now, do you need to explain that this is fiction? Why would you do that? Because NASA really isn't launching a probe that likes to play with kittens. Wow. Well, but but it's anyway, a fun story. I every like story. every day there's a few updates that MW gives from his. You can uh, you can actually sign up and get emails from MW. You can now a new section. You can ask MW questions about his mission. And uh, right now I'm going to play for you a little greeting from MW because he now is talking to his fans. So hold on. Greetings. I am MW Orbit. Thank you for following my adventure. Do you like my kitten? Her name is Chloe. My mission is to seek out life in the universe and to communicate with it. I orbit three times and then send out a message. I will be launching soon. After my ride on the space elevator to Platform C, then I will slingshot around the sun and approach light speed. From there I will be thrust into the Milky Way. Please join me for updates and follow me as we explore the galaxy. You can follow me on MW Orbit dot com. There you go. See, you can visit MW over at MW Orbit dot com. It's a very nice website. Yeah, and thank you. A big thank you goes out to my friend Jeff from Canada, mm-hmm. who we had on the program with his wife, uh, Tao Tao. Mm-hmm. And a fellow podcaster, too. Yeah, he jeffjob.com is where you can find out about him, but he helped me put together the website, and I really appreciate all that. But this is the new music project that I'm working on. Not only will it be a, a music project that you'll be able to download probably in November sometime, but you also will um, um, be able to, well, already the story is going, and so you can hear updates and read all about his adventures at mw-orbit.com. And, by the way, we now have $200 donations, so I'm only $200 away from um, getting the project paid for initially. Mm-hmm. That, that way I can get CDs. And that everything. way we can get CDs made, but we... We actually have enough now that we could get it downloadable. Yeah. Um, well, I'm yeah. still working on the music, though. Yeah, that's true. You kind of need to finish the project. Yeah, the project has how, to be done. How far are you along? Not very. I, I mean, I know the songs I want in my head. I just haven't put them all down in, in the recorder you yet. You have a few songs, though, don't you? Uh, a couple. Yeah. They're not done yet. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard with whenever you have an artist... You feel like your project's never done, but no, no, no. I, I, you know, the way it works. Anything that I do creatively, I think about beforehand for a long time, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll know what I want. I've already sketched out what the songs will be, and I know where I'm headed, and what you know mm-hmm. that the storyline's done, all that jazz. But the actual creative process, you can't just do that at the top of a. You can't just have that happen. Yeah. Like I was planning on doing a, a song last night. Uh-huh. But I got into working on the story, and then I, then I had a friend that wanted a website done, so I did their website, and I just time slipped away, and I didn't feel 
creative in that aspect, so I didn't mm-hmm. do the song. Now, today, hopefully, after we record and, and uh, we have a special guest today that we're interviewing, after we're done with that, I may come back. I have to, an errand to run. I may come back, and I'm feeling a little creative, so I might work on the music today as well. But, mm-hmm. it ta- you know, sometimes a song can take three or four days. Sometimes a song can take two hours. Mm-hmm. It just depends. And you just you don't stifle the creative process. You just kind of go with the flow. And so I don't have a guarantee. I wanted to put out um, MW Orbit um, a year later after Stargazer, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. Mm-hmm. I might have the music done and everything, but I don't know if I can get it on iTunes by then. So we'll see. Okay, yeah, it takes a while for it to show up on iTunes even yeah. after you. But now that I'm an established artist on there, it may not take as long. And okay. so I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, because people can get our Stargazer CD off of uh, iTunes or Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Just type in Rick Moyer Stargazer, and yeah. you can buy the CD, or you can buy the download. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still have some hard copies of CDs. Not many going. CDs left, but you know I'll keep those for whatever. But um, the new one will be out pretty soon. People start, you know, people don't buy it as much anymore after the, you know the initial run of it. Mm-hmm. Then, if your second release is successful, then people go back and buy the first release because they like your mm-hmm. music and stuff like that. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what's going on with MW, and I, it's fun to he- hear him talk. And he's got a great story going on. You can listen to some music over at mw-orbit.com. All right, now I got to look at my notes because I don't know what else we're talking about today. Uh, uh, uh. Oh yeah, that's the other thing we wanted to put out a real quick shout of support and our love and our prayers have gone out to Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote on the or uh, Jen, her co-host, wrote on their Anomaly forum and on the Trex and Sci-Fi forum that. Um, Angela very quickly discovered this was out kind of out of the blue discovered that she had um a tumor mm-hmm. and they took her in for surgery and uh we don't you know we record this I'm sure she's doing much better today than she was uh, or you know she had surgery yesterday but you won't hear this podcast for a few days after that uh-huh. so we're not we're not exactly sure where she is in the, in the recovery process but i'm i'm from what i understand they got everything out Good. and they're waiting for some tests it doesn't look like anything spread Okay. So this this is a good thing, but we wanted just to to give our love to Angela, and and to Russell and to mm-hmm. her husband, and her whole family, and just yeah. say that we love you guys and we're we're sorry that this is going on, but uh, we've been praying for you and we mm-hmm. believe that uh, we would like to ask our audience um, if you pray, would you see please say a prayer for recovery uh, for Angela, mm-hmm. and just uh, in fact it would be really cool if we prayed for her right now. Yeah. So I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for Angela. I thank you for her life and the creativity that she has been so gracious to share with all of us. Mm-hmm. We pray, God, that you would heal her body and that you would help her to recover quickly. God, we pray that this would just be a blip on the screen and that she would just uh, live the rest of her life excited and, and passionate about life. And And we thank you, God, for strengthening her and giving her grace through this whole process. Lord, let her trust in you with all of her heart and uh, be her peace and be her comfort. And God, we also ask for you to bring comfort to her family. And I thank you again for her life and the special place she holds in all of our lives. Bless her, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Angela, if you're listening, uh, get better soon. And we're like, if you need anything, I don't know what we could do, but, you know, we pray for you. And, 
and uh, we'll definitely keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Pray for, pray for understanding for her little toddler because yeah. I, I remember I had some minor surgery when Catherine was about three and she didn't understand that it hurt mommy when she jumped yeah, up on the bed yeah. next to me. Kind of like, all that practical yeah, stuff in life. Yeah, huh? so that's one of the first things that came to my mind, but we hope that she recovers quickly. And, and, and you know, the the cool part, too, is from what I understand, Angela said, you know, the podcast isn't over. You know, the Anomaly podca- podcast will be back. Jen just had her baby, and so uh-huh. um, they haven't done a real, you know, quick update. Well, they had one where she played her drama that, that, that um, I helped produce. But, um, you know, they, they've just got a lot of stuff going on in life right now. But they're, mm-hmm. they're on their way back, and everything will be good. So uh, don't worry. Anomaly Podcast will be back. In fact, let's play a little promo from them right now. All right. And our, like I say, our thoughts and prayers are with you, Angela. I think if she watched Empire, she would want to watch Jedi. The way that Lucas planned it, um, Star Wars A New Hope was supposed to be able to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And so it does have a conclusion. That's why we you know, chose... It's not like watching Fellowship yeah. of the Ring where you're like, oh, I just sat here for three hours yeah. and this stupid <laughs> story just started. <laughs> it's not stupid. I know, I know. Of course it's not stupid. I love it. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Ah, yes. They always have entertaining programs. And, you know, they got a whole catalog of stuff. If people want to go back and listen to their shows, they're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, um, one last thing before we move on to our interview with our friend Brett from Illinois. Um, you have, you want to give everybody an update on how you're doing job-wise? Because you're, you've been looking for a new, some new jobs and different things. And I'm sure people would be curious. Uh, one of the things we've asked for folks, if you uh, feel like it, um, is to uh, donate towards the podcast. That helps our family be able to pay the bills and different things. We we do take a significant amount or chunk of our week and do the podcast and you know research the topics and and try to plan different things out. And and it's something that uh, if it's valuable to you, if it encourages you, we would be very blessed if you would uh, be able to donate a little bit towards keeping the podcast coming to you every week. And uh, we have a place on our website where you can give monthly or, you know, some people give every month. They just put it on PayPal and it just automatically gives a donation every month. Other people just do like one-time gift. I know some people save it up for, you know, three, four months and then send it in and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and we we appreciate anything that comes in because it's just very, very helpful. I would say, <coughs> excuse me, in in our um, in our spectrum of, of things, you know, I'd say we, we get – you know, a real small percentage comes in to help actually help with the bills and stuff like that. Uh, but we're very grateful for what does come yeah. in. I think we do have a lot of downloads now. We have a lot of people listening to the program. And if everybody gave a little bit, we would have quite a bit more to be able to uh, 
to live and uh, you know mm-hmm. live life and do what we're doing. But uh, anyway, I, I'm not here to put a guilt trip on anybody. That's not my my thing. However, if it does mean something to you, it does take some effort on our part, and we would really appreciate it. Help us out tons, and you would help mm-hmm. get the word out. A real positive message, and you know people can hear about our faith and stuff, and it goes all around the world. So it's a great investment, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and of course if, I even think that. But you know, and, and if you live in the Pacific Northwest, we're also available. I clean houses and do yard work. Well, now, so, our... well, give us, give us, because uh, I do, I do the Martians are here podcast, and mm-hmm. Stefan pays me to do that. I also have, do uh, I do odd shoot. jobs. I do. Photo yeah. shoots. And I do weddings and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So there is some income coming in that way as well, and that's very helpful. But uh, anyway, for you, you recently had a career change. Mm-hmm. And tell us what, how, give us a little update. Well, for, for many years, I was a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. And um, and I helped with your ministry, and you were a pastor, so I did lots of cooking and visiting at hospitals. and Yeah. And stuff, I helped with children's ministry, all kinds of stuff. Well, um, when you resigned from pastoring, um, we were in need of trying to figure out how to pay bills. And so um, a friend of mine, I did some computer work for her for over a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really thankful for that, but I wasn't getting any faster. And I found myself working seven days a week yeah. to try to make some you know, decent money at it. I was having to work a lot because I'm I'm not really that quick at the computer stuff. So um after some prayer and lots of prayer and talking it through with you, um we decided to make a change so that I could actually have some evenings and weekends with my family besides sitting on the computer. Right. So um I am now um filling up a schedule for cleaning five days a week now tell me um, some people would say cleaning but i don't want i don't even like to clean my own house how how? for for me i i prefer moving around and going out and doing some things and seeing some people here and there um and um you know i have some a couple family members i'm going to be cleaning for that that are you know getting older or they're just really busy Mm -hmm. um working and um some friends um you know so i have different people i'm i'm doing some cleaning jobs for a matter of fact my the lady i did computer work i still do i still go and clean her house once a Mm -hmm. week so i i enjoy that and i enjoy landscaping too so i do some yard work for people sure also Okay, so so basically our biggest need right now for you is for more of those weekly yeah. jobs. Mm-hmm. I'd like to fill up um, a five-day work week, you know. So, um, you know, from about 10 o'clock till 4 or 5 or something. Um, that way I can get Catherine started in her homeschool lessons and do some things at our house, and then I go off and... Sure. Um, and help other people. So everybody say a prayer for Amy to find some more work and mm-hmm. that it would be consistent and that'd be very yeah. helpful to us. Then we can, uh, I've got, I've got at least two days filled up all the way mm-hmm. during the week, um, for full days and, and then a few odd ones, but I could use quite a few, you know, quite a few more slots filled in. Cool. Yeah. So that's the update from our home. All right. Now we are going to, uh, we'll take a quick break and then when we come back, uh, we are going to be connecting up with a really cool guy that listens to our podcast. 
uh, that I will let him talk a little bit more about himself. But uh, we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about geocaching, zombie stories, autism, mm-hmm. and and pastoring. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's quite a bit. All this guy in is one. hilarious, and and he's such a geek, and I love it that he is that, and I mean mm-hmm. that in an affectionate way, Brett. But uh, we'll we'll be talking with Brett Hammond it, it here. Sound, it always seemed like if you guys lived close together, oh, we'd would be have we'd caught we yeah we caused a bunch of problems. What we'd do. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with our interview with Brett in just a moment on Taking with You, the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Well, through the magic of the internet, in the studios here with us today, from all the way across the United States of America, is our friend Brett Hammond. Hi, Brett. Hi, Rick. Hi, Amy. Hi. Welcome. I, I, well, thank you. It's nice to see Captain Picard here with us, too. Yes, yes. So no one else knows. Well, that's true. But we do, you know, they see a fair share of, of Captain Picard. On your daily blog videos that you do sometimes? Yeah, well, I don't I, do them as daily as I used to, but I do them. Once in a while. I used yeah. to have I used to have a display in my office years ago of Ray Charles and the Rayettes. Oh uh, yes. And I would walk into my office in the middle of the night and it would just scare me to death every time I looked up. And well saw we it. Like, we've scared Amy a few times by taking Captain Picard, <laughs> the full cardboard cutout of Captain Picard, and putting him right outside the bathroom door in the middle of the night. And she'll open the door, and there he is standing there, scares the crud right out of her. We yeah, love that. That's it, just. It, I'm not the only victim. But, He's had yeah. campfires. He'll even go on rides with us once in a while in the car. No. Good. You can use the commuting lane. That's that right. Way. The best twenty dollars I ever spent ever. Well, I'm not sure about it. I've I've um, offered to let him come to the campfire and be um, a, and sacrifice a very himself. Active participant. In a the, very active participant in, in the roasting marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> Burning Captain Picard in effigy. Yeah. I would. <coughs> Excuse me, my goodness! I wouldn't do that to poor Captain Picard. Yeah. My no. Well, I I'm. I am not encouraging any more cardboard life-size No, my next out, one is Worf. So, what do you think, no. Brad? If I got Worf for my studio. Worf would be great. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the big old forehead. I, He'd go, nice podcast. Great I tea. I, I'm all for you getting a Worf uh-huh. if, you, uh-huh. if uh-huh. you buy a bigger house with a man cave in the basement. A and, man cave? And I want a man of, cave. Do you have a man cave, Brad? I have what's called the man room, which, which is, is what not, you're looking at right now. I like it. It's nice. Yeah. 
if there's more to it on the other side, um, I do videos from the man ca- or man room every now and then. Very, Tales from very the man nice. room on my uh, on my YouTube channel. That's so. very cool. I'll have to watch that. Well, Brett, we know each other via the internet. We pretty I, much it. How did we find each other? I found you. Okay. Um, how that? And work? this is. I don't think I've ever told you this story. Okay. Here we go. I got, I got my iPod Touch and um, discovered podcasts. I knew they were out there, but I just never had a chance to really listen to anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was on iTunes and I just typed in something like Christian or something like that, encouragement. And you were one of the first ones to pop up. No kidding. No kidding. That was been a year ago, July, when I got that. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. And I thought, what do I want to listen to this guy for? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what a lot of people (laughs) think. (laughs) And then I got to looking at your website and I got to looking at the and I think I'd seen, I remember watching somehow your video where you were demonstrating your phaser. Yes, yes. That was thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a bit of a uh, Star Trek nerd myself. I like that. Um, so I started just my three-mile walk and uh, listened to you and uh, really enjoyed it and really found kind of a connection there. I mean, there's a lot of very good similarities between what we've been and what we've done. And so I uh, really started enjoying it. Very cool. And then, then I emailed you or something. I don't know. Yeah, we started talking back and forth, became Facebook friends and Twitter and all that jazz, and here we are. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. The rest is history. Well, very, very cool. Well, you know, I've gotten to know you just a, a little bit, not a whole lot, but uh, I've gotten to know a, a bit about you and your family. I'm kind of a mystery, yeah. Well, <laughs> I like the fact that um, there are other people out there that have faith in God and still enjoy life and are kind of geeky and like, you know, <laughs> stuff that's uh, not traditionally smiled upon in the in the circles that I may have frequented in the past, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me, yes. It's one <laughs> so of my- so the, the thing that intrigued me was one of our first correspondents, uh, we talked about um, zombies. Yeah. And you had written a story, and I just thought, this is just, just amazing. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Brett? Where are you from? Uh, what's your motivation? You know, what, What's going on with your life, and, and uh, what, what's kind of your mission in life? Yeah, this is what's funny. I, uh, I listen, of course, every week to your show, and I'm listening to Wendell's last week. And mm-hmm. it was just so inspiring. And, <laughs> you know, the stories were just amazing. I'm sitting going, my goodness, what this man has been through. And what an incredible interview. And then a week later, they're going to say, who's this moron? <laughs> <laughs> what's this guy contributing to the show? Oh. But, uh, no, my, uh, well, my name's Brett. I am uh, 43 years old, and I'm originally from the town I live in now, Kansas, Illinois. Um, grew up here, was uh, born you know, in the area, and uh, went to church at the church where I'm preaching now. When I was 16, I became a Christian, and knew not only from then, but even before then, that I really wanted to go into ministry. I'd had some really great influence in my life going to church and youth group, and uh, went off to Lincoln Christian College, which is now Lincoln Christian Seminary, or Lincoln Christian University, and um, preached in a few churches in the area for a while, and um, eight years ago, got a call to come back to my hometown to be the interim minister. And I uh, thought, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, like, you know, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. hometown right, right. I'm not really looking for honor, I guess. So I uh, came back for a six-month um, interim ministry and ended up um, staying. <laughs> and it's been almost eight years now. So wow. eight years in about three weeks. So you're not interim anymore. 
No, they finally voted on me and decided they liked me and they kept me around. So, so far, so good. Very, very cool. All right. I know one of your favorite hobbies is something that fascinates me. I've never actually been able to do it because I don't have one. But uh, you are an avid geocaching maniac. That's my substitute for golf and all the other things. I go geocaching. Um, Yeah, geocaching for, uh, what, eight years now, since 2002? Uh, So I was kind of an early adopter on on that. Geocaching really started about 2000, and it didn't really get rolling until about 2001 or so. um, I was working for a ministry in New Jersey, um, David Bryant, who's a prayer leader, and also working for the National Prayer Committee. Back then, I was kind of, I actually had like three or four different ministries I was doing at once. You ever been there, Rick? what that's like <laughs> yes yeah yeah okay try like 16 at a time yes yes understand yeah yeah i was at a church i was for a ministry called harvest prayer ministries i was also working for the national prayer committee which is the people that put on the national day of prayer right um and i was working for david bryant who was the chairman well david's wife robin sent me an email and said this looks like something right up your alley you should try it and it was all about geocaching and i watched the little video and read about it and and i said to myself this is the stupidest waste of time i have ever seen <laughs> <laughs> like watching napoleon dynamite yeah exactly oh, I, I, I do too I just could not believe that people were doing this. And for those that don't know, geocaching is like a high-tech treasure hunt. You use a GPS. Somebody goes out in the woods or someplace and hides a container. They maybe have some toys in it for kids, and then there's always a logbook. And then they upload those uh, coordinates onto geocaching.com, and then you download them and go find it. And these people take you someplace you've never been. You have no idea where you're going and what you're going to find until you get there. And and it just, to me, it's desire to find something that's hidden. Um, I, I've compared it a lot to Jesus and uh, his parable of the treasure hidden in a field. It's a great you know, idea. Man, man finds the treasure and he goes back and buys the field. You don't have to buy the field of geocaching. You just buy a GPS. But, uh, there you go. There you go. It, it, I, I, think God, I think God has built within us this desire to seek that which is hidden. Yeah. Um, you, you see that through, you think about every story that you love. I'm and, and, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean and everything else that's out there and that wants to find something that's hidden. And uh, to me, geocaching is a great way just to get out and, and have a little fun. I take my kids sometimes. I take my friends. And, you know, my best friends are now geocachers. That's it's a awesome. completely different circle. Do you, do you, do you ever, for geocachers. And, do you ever talk like a pirate when you do it? Because that's what I would do. You know, it was Talk Like a Pirate Day the other day, yeah. and uh, I, posted a, I posted a video of my very poor attempts at pirate speak. Uh, I was <laughs> saying things like, shake my boards, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, walk fr- the plank! Yeah, my friend Jen was correcting me. She said, no, that's, that's shiver me timbers. And, yeah, shiver me And I me said, timbers. hello, you vitamin C deficient dog. Scurvy uh, mutt! Scurvy, scurvy dog, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, so. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, no, I'm not much of a pirate. So, that's but, uh, right. but I, so now do you from what now from what I understand you do you head up like a club of geocachers or or are you just because I saw this picture of you with a whole bunch of geocachers eating burgers at this place the oh, moon, moon burgers goodness. what was that all we gotta about? get you we gotta get you out here moonshine is my one big contribution a year to uh, geocaching in the area there is this town about 25 miles south of me and the town is called moonshine uh, it's population two 
That's it. Oh, it's a wow. building at a crossroad. <laughs> but every day from like nine in the morning till 1230, they serve the best hamburgers in the world. And years ago, I hit a geocache there and people kept complaining. They said, we get there, but it's after 1230 and they're closed. We don't have time to get a burger. So they're thinking maybe 30 people would show up and like 230 people, people showed up. up. Oh, that's just fantastic. Yeah. So this year we had over 300 and uh, <laughs> we keep shooting for more and more. But we, uh, well, I bet they enjoy that day. They, uh, they oh, bet yeah. they're busy. Yeah. Huh? We, uh, we at one time set the record for the number of burgers sold in a day, which was 853, I think. Wow. Uh, the record was taken over by a bunch of bikers who are a lot bigger. Than yeah, <laughs> and they probably they eat, eat more burgers more than burgers. the geocachers. Yeah. yeah, the record is now 1,903. I don't think we're going to break that record. However, okay. I think you've touched on something. What if we marketed GPS units to to Harley-Davidson bikers? <laughs> I bet you we could combine the two, and that would be – wouldn't that make for some interesting geocaching? It would make some interesting. It would be a lot of geocachers getting roughed up, though. Cause yeah. They're well, yeah, and, 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 you know, like putting free switchblades in the in the Tupper, Tupperware containers <laughs> oh, might be like against that. the law. So, you know, you have to be I careful. have a lot of friends who are hardly riding uh, geocachers, actually. And, oh, that's uh, cool. So they take their motorcycles out and have a lot of fun with that. That's so. very, very okay, cool. Okay, I, yeah. I have a geocaching mm-hmm. question. Now, mm-hmm. do you put... When you take something out of the mm-hmm. geocache, do you put something back in? Yes, you uh, take something, leave something, sign the logbook, and the goal is to leave the cache a little more rich than when you found it. So if you take like a you know a little toy, you want to leave something a little bit better so that the next person finds it a little bit more enjoyable than you. Uh, sooner or later, it all devolves, unfortunately, and you find a geocache that's full of nothing but broken McDonald toys and used golf balls and stuff oh, right. like yeah. that. You know, you'd ever find a million dollars then, huh? Yeah. No, no. But, you know, the, the point isn't what you're going to get. The point yeah. is the to journey. To find it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the point is this, just the adventure of finding it. I'm shooting for getting my 5,000th find this weekend. Wow. Um, which that sounds like a lot, but there are people who have been at it much less than me who have a lot more. Those people have a problem, though. They're obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and there's people who have less than me, and they have a problem. And they're slackers. So yeah, they're mine we'll is see. perfect. You're right in perfect. the middle. <laughs> it's kind of like posting on a forum. You know, If you have too much, you're considered oh, yeah. obsessed. If you have too little, you're a lurker. But if you get right in the middle, you're just right. Like, That's like, exactly like, like Baby Bear. Are. No, mama. Who, I can't. Yeah, it was baby bear. Baby I can't remember. Baby bear yeah. was just right. That's yeah. right. I, I get those stories confused. Okay, now not only are you an avid geocacher, you're mm-hmm. a you're a believer in Christ. Now you also <laughs> kind of tipped the scales over a little bit and got people a little freaked out. I would imagine you you actually like and you're an author of a zombie story. Now tell yeah. us tell us a little bit about your obsession with zombies and how does that fit in with your faith. You know, that started a few years ago um, when uh, Max Brooks put out his first book, The Zombie Survival Guide. Um, and I got a hold of a copy of Max Brooks is Mel Brooks' son. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that, you know, think about that for a minute. Uh, but yeah. uh, Max puts out this book that's written completely deadpan. There's not a single joke in the serious. Here's what you do if you are attacked by a zombie. Here's how to survive. You know, you want to get upstairs. You want to fill tubs full of water so that you'll have plenty of water. You never have to reload a machete. You know, important <laughs> tips like that to get you through. And I just fell in love with the. The the whole idea being prepared for something that's never actually going to ever happen, happen. <laughs> right? <we hope. laughs> yeah, well, and, we hope, um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there's always the off chance that there's something out there, there's some kind of zombie plague coming. But yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I just, I, I don't know, I got obsessed with it. And then Max Brooks wrote a second book called World War Z, which is tales of uh, from the zombie war, written from the perspective that, that this war had taken place 10 years in the past. And he was a, uh, a reporter going out and interviewing survivors. Hmm. And the book is just absolutely incredible. The stories he tells, uh, I mean, there's parts where you're going to cry and it just rips your heart out. And other parts where you just sucked into the adventure of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just really, really got to, fell in love with zombies, Rick. I can't help it. I just, just really, um, and I just started formulating ideas in my head for zombie stories. And at the time, I was actually working on The Complete Idiot's Guide to Geocaching. Which, uh, I was a co-author of. Oh, cool. Um, which, yeah, they, they couldn't find a bigger idiot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You're better at it now. Did, did you get that published? That's right. I got that published, but while I was doing that, there, you know, when you're writing something like that, you're writing on somebody else's deadline, yeah, and you're you're really doing something. You know, you're you're having to understand, kind of read their mind as to what they want and and the way they want it said, and it was a lot of stress. And so, as a stress relief, I started writing this story that would become uh, "Rural Dead" is what I ended up titling it, which is about Amish people and zombies. Which I know Amy absolutely loves that idea. You, you know, but, actually, I got a kick out of it because my brother lived in Rayersburg, Pennsylvania, for about. Uh -huh. nine years and i went back to visit him a couple time in the heart of lancaster county oh yeah and um so i spent you know a few weeks amongst the amish and it was uh <laughs> it was fascinating to picture you know all these zombies in okay, the okay no 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 don't, don't spoil it because i <laughs> tell people how they can read your story because it's online uh, yeah, it is. Actually, if you Google Brett Hammond, and there's only one T in Brett, by the way. If you Google Brett Hammond zombies, uh, you'll find it right up. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't miss it. But I'm sure you could provide a link on your website if yeah. you really wanted to. Have you, have you ever thought of mm -hmm. sending that story to Stefan Sonic from The Martians Are Here and seeing if he would uh, produce it? No, I haven't thought about that. That's an interesting thought. I'll but, give you um, his, when we get off uh, offline here. Stefan, now he Stefan usually does um, sci-fi. I know, with but aliens, there's but yeah, can you have alien zombies? Some, yeah. <laughs> alien zombies. There's a there's a possibility out there. I think, uh, I think they made some like predator movies or something that are close. zombie encounters of the <laughs> Brett kind or something. Yeah. Like that. Anyway, so I, I I wrote the story just kind of to to relieve pressure, you know, relieve stress on my own life. And I had it published on this website called of World War Z. Oh, say say and, the website again because you cut out. Say the website uh, again. Oh, the website is Tales from World War Z, I believe is the, okay, the name right. of it. Got um, it. It's just tales inspired by, by Max Brooks stuff. And I got a lot of great response. And about six or eight months ago, I got, a, I got an email from the guy that owned the website saying he needed my contact information for some. And it was a guy named uh, John Joseph Adams, who is a writer and editor. And he puts together anthologies of different kinds of science fiction and horror. Sweet. And he bought my story. Oh, that's and, fantastic. Uh, so I know no one can see this. <gasps> Look at that. Look at that. Oh, yeah. he's showing us right now his book. It says The Living yeah. Dead 2. Yeah, and uh, and then it has featuring sto original stories by several people, and then it says and many others at the bottom. And I'm I'm the many others. <laughs> you're, you're one of the many. Yeah. One of the many. But Max Brooks wrote a story for this, and um, um, wow. Robert Kirkman, who uh, you will be seeing this fall 
um, his story, uh, The Walking Dead, is being done by AMC. Wow. They're uh, producing a TV series based on his comic books. Wow. Um, which you are going to love it, Rick. Oh, it is amazing. That's pretty cool that that, <laughs> yeah. that you would be able to be in a book with those guys. That's awesome. I know. I'm just filler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. <clears throat> Your story was great, though. I really yeah. enjoyed reading it. It was it was cool. It had such a weird twist to it, and uh, I think yeah. people will really enjoy it. So everybody that's listening, look up uh, Brett's and, story. And I will Brett never, Ham and one T. And I will never think of Amish barn the same way again. No, don't give anything. <laughs> that's away. all I'll say. You know, we have um, we have a couple Amish settlements in this area too, mm-hmm. and I could take you to that barn. Ah yes, in my head. You were inspired, I've been driven by it so many times, and I I know exactly where the house is, where the story takes place. I can mm-hmm. tell you exactly where those people are. Uh, change the names, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Brett, do you know how many Amish people it takes to change a light bulb? <laughs> no. What's a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> you and your fancy buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun back in Pennsylvania. I don't know if it's this way where you are, but in Pennsylvania they had something called Black Bumper Mennonites, where the Mennonites yes. could have cars, but they didn't want to have any showy um, chrome, and so they had like yeah. these beautiful Lincoln Town cars and stuff. They you know they could be accountants or doctors or whatever, so they had really nice cars, but they had painted all the bumpers black. So they wouldn't right. be gleaming metal. <laughs> and uh-huh. I just thought, wow, nice car. Why is the bumper black? <laughs> so anyway. One of the former uh, yeah, church was brought up Amish. And then later he uh, joined the church that I was uh, speaking at or preaching at. So that was, he uh, was a, quite an experience getting to know them. Oh, I yeah. bet. I bet. Yeah. It's neat. You got me thinking about light bulb jokes now. You know how many uh-huh. Pentecostals it takes, Pentecostals it takes to change a light bulb? Please, Rick, tell me. Six. One to change the light bulb and five to pray the spirit of darkness out of the room. <laughs> okay. Do you know how many Baptists it takes to change a light bulb? Uh, just one, but the light bulb really has to want to change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good, though. No, it, it takes about seven. Um, but it also uh, it also takes about uh, three or four weeks to go through committee, and then they have to vote on it as a congregation. Oh, there gotcha. you go. Yeah, very yeah. good. That, that's a slam on my upbringing. I didn't slam okay. anybody. Yeah, I just yeah, saying how yeah. many. Yeah, it's okay. Do you, do you know how many? Ca- ca- do you know how many Catholics it takes to change a light bulb? How many Catholics, Rick? It doesn't take any because they use candles. Oh, did you just make that up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't make jokes up. Uh, uh, he makes puns up. I'm sorry. Oh. I, I was just trying to think of everybody I could think of to say so I don't get any like hate mail so, that I so made fun of. So we can't say we just were picking on one denomination. No. That's right. Pick on them all. That's Everybody's right. equally spirable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When it, when it comes to changing light bulbs, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've talked about uh, we've talked about geocaching. We talked about zombies. Um, you have told us that you are a full-time pastor, probably more than full-time because that's how that works when you're in ministry. Um, but you also have a very, very special situation in your life that, um, that I read about frequently on your posts and, uh, uh, you have some awesome kids. They're okay. (laughs) Yeah, they're okay. They're very awesome. Tell us about your kids and tell us why you have quite a challenge with one of them. 
Uh, my oldest is Megan. She is 18 and uh, just started college. She's a freshman at a uh, local college. And then there's Gracie, who's nine, and uh, she's in fourth grade. Brilliant, wonderful kid. Um, and then uh, after that, Connor came along, our, our little, our, uh, our only son, our only boy. And um, Connor is autistic. Uh, and you know, autism is a spectrum disorder. So there are kids that are all over the place on that. Scott Connors is pretty profound. Uh, he doesn't really speak. He makes a lot of noise. And he can whistle, which I think drives Gracie nuts because Gracie wants to whistle so <laughs> But she bad. can't whistle, right? And Connor whistles all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, Connor doesn't really speak. He goes to school. He's in first grade and has a one-on-one -on -one aide that takes him to classes. Um, he uh, he communicates in his own way. He makes, um, But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty huge challenge to have to uh, constantly keep an eye on him. We have to keep the doors locked. He can't get out on his own. He's uh, um, you know, very, very challenging in that regard. You you talk frequently about what a blessing your kids are to you and how creative yeah. how creative they are. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your oldest and she's involved in theater. She uh, she has been yeah in high school she was always in theater and uh, now she's going to school she's um, I guess studying to be an English teacher but she's working at the uh, newspaper oh, at the college a journalist and, uh, yeah she's a journalist and she's an editor I told her how much I hate editors sorry editors. But <laughs> I have had too many things that I've written been bled all over with red ink pens and yeah. you know, return to me and fix this and fix that. So, yes. But it's nice to have an editor in the family because I'm hoping maybe get some free editing done. Um, she's also quite a musician. She's been in a rock band and uh, plays guitar and uh, wow. a little bit of piano. And so, yeah, she's she's a pretty amazing kid. That's pretty so. cool. And Gracie, what do you think she's what, – what's her event in life? Gracie is going to be a uh, video game programmer. I'm almost positive. Wow, that's, she's like that. She's she's a, is she a code monkey already? <laughs> Not quite. <but> she <laughs> she has plans, and ah. uh, she plays just about everything. The kid just is obsessed with computer games and uh, stuff like that. Well, so. you, you had a really interesting and cool story to share about um, Connor. Yeah, well, see, one of the things that Connor has always used in therapy, we go over to uh, Eastern Illinois University for uh, their speech and language clinic for uh, speech therapy uh, with Connor every week. And there's a device called a Dynavox, which is a touchscreen computer that uh, they use with autistic kids or kids that have different kinds of communication problems. And it's really nice. You just, the kids touch the button and it, you know, it speaks for them. And Connor has responded to those things very well. And, um, the problem is the Dynavox can run you $8,000. Uh, if you do it the wrong way, it can run you about $20,000. Uh -huh. I mean, these things are built like bricks, though. I mean, you can throw them at the wall, and they're not going to break and everything. They're really, right. really tough. But, um, but try, you know, insurance doesn't cover that. And, you know, where do you get the money for something like this? Well, yeah, especially in the profession that you're in. It's not like you're making a million dollars. No, I'd have to write lots of zombie stories yes, yes, or yes. lots of funerals or something <laughs> for that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so tell us what happened. Well, one of the uh, one of the ladies that works for the Illinois Autism Project uh, suggested that we – well, she got in touch with a local charitable organization, a fraternal organization. And I'm not going to bother mentioning their name. <clears throat> Rhymes with Melks. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> So the, the very yeah. the very large deal deer yes yes, yes okay. there you go All right, okay. and uh, contacted them about purchasing uh, an iPad for Connor because when the iPad came out all of a sudden well even even the iPod Touch there were people developing 
uh, communication software for autistic kids on the iPod Touch, which was really? amazing. But it's so small, it's very hard for them to manipulate the buttons. Sure. So when the iPad came out, it opened up a whole new world of possibilities for for this. And what six five six hundred bucks? You can get one. Yeah. Amy, he could buy one for five or six hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm that. trying. That's like a stovetop and a half right oh, there. Stop, stop. Yeah, I, I think this, Don't get me in trouble. I think the stovetop will be a priority over the iPad. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe one of those that you sent me, like the stovetop that's a touchpad. That was cool. That was oh, way yeah. cool. Okay, okay. So still, you know you could be playing I'm still picturing that. him um, burning his fingers on that stovetop though he's playing with the Okay, top. so so I want to hear the rest of the story. So Okay, okay, okay fine. Okay, come on. So, come on. Uh, so we we signed all this paperwork to get Connor an iPad through this charitable organization, and they wanted information about the family. They want to know about his birth. I mean, they wanted personal stuff <laughs> about how he was brought up. How many moles does he have on his left arm? Exactly. Yeah. And then they wanted a note from a doctor um, <laughs> explaining why he would need an iPad. Well, our doctor is a general you know, doctor, and he doesn't know a lot about autism. So we actually had one of the people in Connor's therapy session uh, write a letter to the doctor explaining why he needed this, why he needed the software. The doctor wrote a prescription for an iPad. Wow. How cool is that? I've never I mean, heard you know, of that. That's just awesome. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. You can see if your doctor. I was just going to say, I bet I could get my doctor to write a prescription. Um, Do you I think my insurance would cover it? I don't think you have any issues with communicating, though. <laughs> So okay. we get all this information together, we ship it off, and we get this letter back. Uh, I remember it came on uh, June 30th, the day after my, my 43rd birthday. A wow. uh, very disappointing letter telling us that while they understood the need and while they understood the, that the expense on this was so low you know, and, and that they, they could easily make the, make the purchase, that they weren't going to be able to do it because they were concerned that someone else in the family would use um, – like I'm going to take the only device that my kid could communicate through and play Angry Birds on it. Oh, which I you're so never... awful! I can't believe you would do that. That's just awful. <laughs> I, <would never> have... <laughs> I know that. Although so, I probably would sneak it away from him once in a while when he's sleeping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't get so, it. We didn't get it. I was very disappointed and and very uh, upset. And when I got back home after getting the mail, I posted on Facebook what had happened because everybody had been following this all along. Sure, they were all excited about him getting it. Sure. So I posted and said we weren't going to be, you know, it wasn't going to be happening. And the response was immediate. People were upset for us and they, you know, they were very disappointed. And um, I, that night, uh, I was going out there for a geocaching convention. And, uh, I was on my way out, and I got a phone call from uh, my friend Matt over in Indianapolis, and he said, uh, I've been talking to some people. We were going to keep this a surprise, but we figured we'd better warn you so that you don't go out and buy something <laughs> yourself. Um, we're putting the money together to get Connor an iPad. Oh. And a group of about 40 of my friends, geocachers from all over, pretty much all over Indiana, even though I live in Illinois, I have a lot of connections in Indiana. Wow. Um, they got together and raised the money and uh, got Connor the iPad, uh, an OtterBox case, which is practically indestructible. It's an amazing case. And then the uh, software, which is called Prolo Quo to Go, um, which is the communication software. It costs about 30 bucks, I think. Or wow. no, about, about $180, I guess. Wow. Uh, they got all of that money together, and within about three weeks, we had the iPad in hand. Wow. Um, 
Connor. Connor has been using it so much. It's just amazing. And so, um, so how has it enhanced his life? I mean, first off, that's just amazing that, that, you know, people that say that the internet is not a good place, they're silly because there are some really awesome folks out there. And just the oh, yeah. fact that they would band together like that, we've had similar situations in our family sure. where people have helped mm-hmm. us out when we've gone through a real rough time. And I just can't can't convey to folks how amazing it is to find people like that in the world. It's 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 encouraging and this heartwarming. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it all happened over Facebook, which you know I enjoy Facebook and everything. But you hear some so many people say, "Well, Facebook friends aren't real friends." Yeah, right. You know, you know what? They're, they're, those are your friends. Those are the yeah. people you communicate mm-hmm. with, and they yeah. know your they know your hurts, they know your struggles, and yeah. they know what's going on, and they responded, and it just was absolutely amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, what what this has done for Connor for on the Prolo Education software. Uh, he's in training, we're in training, the school's in training. Yeah, we, we are constantly adapting it and changing it for him to use because the key is that he's got to have to want to use it. Right, um, right. He needs to understand that that's how he's got to make his wishes known. Right. Uh, but other than that, there is, uh, we put a spelling game on there and he is, uh, he is doing incredibly well with spelling. There's a math game on there and he's doing really well with that. Isn't that you know, awesome? Counting stuff. Yeah, it's just incredible. And what we <coughs> noticed also is as this has opened him up in communication, he's now exploring other ways of communication. He's become much more proficient with sign language. Although it's still not a lot. I mean, basically he signs the word more, but he's wanting to use it. So right, right. that's always the hope with an autistic kid is that you find that one connection and it opens up all these others as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and isn't it true? I don't understand autism real well, but I'm sure, I'm sure you do more than uh-huh. I do. But, but isn't it true that, that, um, that on the inside, he probably has so many ideas and things that he'd love oh, yeah. to be able to share. It's it's kind of like um, uh, people that suffer a stroke when you can't get out the information that's on the inside of you. And so any tool that can help you is 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 ingenious. I mean, it's just yeah. it's an amazing thing. What what a great thing. Yeah, you know that's one of the things that is. It's a frustrating thing, and it, you know it's something you constantly wonder about. How much is he really understanding, right. and you know what's in there? And and we've seen things with other kids who are autistic who can't communicate, but then all of a sudden you put a computer in front of them and they start typing these thoughts. And there's a girl who, very similar with the way that Connor's affected, but she has a blog uh, because she learned how to type and she's able to communicate that way. And, and, you know, it's wonderful to see that, but at the same time, it's a little heartbreaking because you think what's locked in there that we haven't got out. What's he feeling and struggling with and those times when he's very frustrated because we we can't understand him. Right. Well, you know, and then, I think that folks that listen to our podcast, if we would just keep him in prayer, you know, and, yeah, and just good. keep praying, because I know that um, that you you share little victories as you go along and struggles. Yeah. You know, I know sometimes you have to put him in the car and drive around uh-huh. to get him to go to sleep because he'll just stay up all night. Yeah, if you don't, and yeah, that's that's one of his favorite things is uh, to drive we, in the car. Uh, yeah, last night he came walking in here wearing his underwear and one shoe. He was ready to go. He was going. He was gonna go on the on the ride. He had the sh- he had the shoe on, and I made him use the iPad to say, "I want to go for a ride." Wow! And he did it for me two or three times. And once he had done it enough, we put the rest of his clothes on him, <laughs> and we, uh, loaded up, 
but yeah, you know, for it's amazing just how motivated he is when he really wants something. In the sure. morning, he doesn't want to go to school. He he yeah. lays around and he's yeah. struggled to get him dressed. Well, kind of like we would be too. But oh yeah, we just yeah. wouldn't do it exactly that way. Well, I right. sometimes would do that. I still yeah. I still but, do that sometimes when I have to like podcast. You know, it's just. <laughs> but eight o'clock at night, eight thirty at night, when he wants to ride, boy, he'll put on a shirt. He'll put on three shirts sometimes. You know, wow. just getting himself dressed over and over again. Um, Does he? Does he like music? Uh, he does. You know, um, we uh, he actually had a, an MP3 player for a while. Oh, uh, he cool. ended up breaking it, but uh, he responds pretty well to music. They use headphones in school with him sometimes with oh, different music. Cool. Um, he uh, when we're out for rides, there's times when we'll listen to Mozart because that's supposed to calm kids down, right? You know, and they, they react to that. And there's times that he's really cool into that. You know, he wants to hear the Mozart. And other times when I'll play it and he knows that means it's time to, to go to sleep and then he, he fights, fights it. it. You yeah. know, he screams and doesn't want to hear the Mozart. Yeah. His favorite thing right now is uh, the theme song to Scooby-Doo. Sweet. Uh, he... <laughs> Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where yeah, are you? Going. Yeah. Yeah. I know that one. I was a Scooby-Doo fan from way back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he walks Sco- around. That's Scooby one of the things he's actually said recently. Is he'll say Scooby, Scooby Doo. Sweet. And, uh, so something's getting through with Scooby Doo. I don't. What's know up why. with Velma though? I just want to know. She's just. A, I don't know. An odd lady. Cheekies. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Ah. Very very cool. Well, that's that's what a heartwarming story and how cool it is. Um. Okay. So you pastor a church. Tell me. Yes. Why. Why would I mean seriously? I've been a pastor. I've been a pastor. Probably will be a pastor again someday. But maybe, maybe. But (laughs) but why would why would you put yourself in that situation? Because I know I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast. Maybe they don't go to church, so you know they'll get their spiritual insight from our program or something like that. You know, or you know something different. But there are some that do go to church um, that don't understand, or most people don't understand what a pastor does. And they think right. that maybe he just gets up on a Sunday and shares a few verses from a Bible and, and then goes and drinks coffee and eats pie. You know, um, that is so far away from what a pastor does. Tell me why you do what you do, how, how you came to this faith in God, and, and, um, and why. Why you do what you do. Um, let me give you a couple different answers. All kind of the natural answer. Um, my, uh, my parents owned a trailer that they rented out to people. And the very first person who ever rented that trailer was the local youth minister. And so from the time I was in about seventh grade, maybe sixth or seventh grade, there was this guy next door who was a youth minister. And I'd never really met a minister. We didn't go to church at the time. Um, It was not part of our life at all. I love sleeping in on Sunday mornings. I still would if I could. Uh, But but, uh, this guy just became kind of a part of the family. He was an extra kid. And it it was a very good influence. And as I got older, I got more involved in church because, you know, that was where my friends were going. It's a small town. There's not much else to do. Sure. And from a purely natural point of view, it just became something that I thought, you know, I could do this. My my family is all laborers. My father was a mechanic. My brother worked on a farm. And I knew that wasn't something I could really do. I was not inclined in those. But I, I started seeing what uh, what the preachers were doing and, and, you know, the youth minister and stuff. And I thought, you know, I'd, I really could see plugging myself in and helping people out in those ways. Um, completely different answer, more before I was born, I had a, my sister Camille um, started praying for me. 
Really? Uh, my brother, this was uh, late 60s. My brother was very much a, a child of the 60s, you know, growing up. He was 17 years old. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the late one in the family. My brother was 17 years older than me, uh, <clears throat> and my sister is 15 and 14. Wow. And I, I have the same my sister, thing. Yeah. Amy's the same way. I have a sister 17 years older, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like having an extra mom. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, but my sister, uh, before I was born, started praying um, and asked God to do something different with my life. Wanted something that other than what my brother was going through with his life, and uh, I'm a preacher. And she told me that the night before I got married. She finally told me that story that, that and, you were uh, going to so, be a preacher. That she felt like that. Yeah, she uh, she prayed that uh, that I'd be a preacher, and so um, wow. And I was just starting in my first church at the time, and she just uh, shared that. Um, why do you, why do I do it? Um, I I think there's not much else I'm capable of doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You're pretty talented in a lot of areas, but well, thanks, Rick. I don't know how many of those skills are marketable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's one of those things where if you don't love it, don't do it. Yeah, you know, if, if yeah. you uh, and I would tell anybody who was thinking about going into ministry, find something else to do first. Yeah. Um, find find something else that's always going to be there because you never know when you're going to need that something else. You know. Yeah. Um, we didn't do that. I, I, that's the. That's, yeah, neither that's, did I. And I and that was kind of silly. Well, of well, actually, Rick had been in radio. We uh-huh. we were youth pastors, kind of on the side. Volunteer for Volunteer many many years. Youth pastors for many years while Rick was in radio, and then mm-hmm. and then he did. Um, Union Gospel Mission, homeless for a ministry, while, homeless ministry. Oh wow! For a while, and then and then eventually became a full time pastor um, at a church. But yeah, but it is. It's good it to have something to fall back on, you know, because because our fate isn't really in our hands. I mean, it's not like you go in and say, "I'm pro- I proclaim that I'm the pastor of this church, and you will obey everything I say and <laughs> give me a salary." And you, you don't do that. That's not how church no. works. Yeah. Of it is, I, I really think I'd spent five years working in a lumber yard and um, getting to see what the other side is like, where you know, where I would see people or hear people complaining about having to work all week and then come to church or right. this all week, you know. Um, it was interesting to spend five years on the other side of that and understand where they were coming from sure. and kind of have those skills uh, that I developed there. Um, where, you know, <laughs> skills to sell lumber, I guess. And yeah, well, it's people thing. skills, too, though, is it what you learn. Skills, yeah. yeah, and there's just so many different things going on. Well, yeah. um, what would you what would you say to people out there as far as maybe myth-busting some things about pastors? <laughs> well, we don't work one day a week. Okay, um, okay. That's that's the thing that drives me absolutely nuts. And what do you do all the time? about that. Yeah. <laughs> My friends will joke with me and say, oh, you know, it must be nice to have all that spare time. I say, oh, you know, where were you at 10 o'clock last night when I was at the home of this family who just lost some? Yeah. Or, you know, um, you get a call on a suicide or something. Yeah. You know, this happens all the time, and you yeah. have to be ready for that. Yeah. And, and you have to be, well, and you know. When you, give a, when you give a message on a Sunday morning, that, that didn't just happen in an hour. I mean, no. how, long, how long does it usually take you to do a message? It really depends on uh, just what I'm doing with the word and how how much you know I'm able to kind of dive into it. But it takes a good two 
two and a half days probably to construct a sermon. Um, the people, way I do people it. don't yeah, people don't realize that because you, no. get the one thing that people don't realize is when you stand up and you talk in front of others, especially in a in a pastor situation, um, there are people that scrutinize every word you say. Oh yeah. And yeah. and you have to be accurate because if you're not accurate, you can get pulled apart on that right. one. And uh, there's a difference between style and accuracy, uh, you know. But accuracy is right. an important thing. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, it takes a. F- uh, it, it's like do I tried to tell a, they had me speak for a grade school class one time on what a pastor does, and I tried to explain that it's like doing a a a final report every week. Yeah. You have to do yeah. all the research, have all the cliff notes, or not cliff notes. Well, you can do that, I guess. <laughs> Sermons on the go for busy pastors, I guess, dot com. But, uh, but you have to have all your information backed up, and, and you have to sew it all together and present this report. Not only are you responsible for the information, but also the delivery of that information, which is, right. which is quite a task. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about knowing the word, you know, and, and getting into the word, you've got to know the people too. Yeah. You've got to know where their hearts are. Well, yeah. Um, like, I, like somebody said, you know, if you're going to go and, and, and talk to people, you got to know their language. Right. Yep. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not just teaching a, a history class. You're trying to make it applicable to people's lives right. so that they right. can go forth and live. And what one person might, preaching. might receive, another person won't. Right. And so you have to know your, your congregation. So. Mm-hmm. I've been preaching uh, lately through uh, Ecclesiastes, which has been a bit of a challenge. It's my favorite book in the Old Testament. I just absolutely love it. And for 20-plus years, I've not touched it because I didn't want to ruin it for people, I guess. You, well, you, you, know, can, just, you can write a lot of blues songs when you Oh, you that, can. Yeah. You know, and there's, I've been digging in and, and getting Nobody so much Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> under the sun. Um, <laughs> to but, every uh, season turn, turn, There is some good music turn. that come out of that. Yeah. That's true. But, uh, but, you know, getting into it, Ecclesiastes works as a whole. You know, if you take the whole book and then you finally get to the last chapter and you say, well, here's the whole duty of man, serve God and keep his commands. There you go. Yeah, that's that's great. But when you break it down and you say, this is why it stinks if you live your life just for pleasure. This is why it stinks if you live your life just for work. Yeah. You know, you're really, it, it becomes a very depressing place. Yeah. Um, but what's been cool is the last couple of weeks I've had people come up to me and say, I open up my devotional guide the other night, and it was the same scripture you used in Ecclesiastes, or I opened up on Bible, and it just fell open to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and I said, you know, I I don't put a lot of my faith in in that kind of a random occurrence, but it's meant a lot to me. It's it's told me that I'm on the right track, and, you know, I've had a lot of great responses from these last few messages. That's very cool. Well, there is so much more to life than just going to work and going to school or or making money. There's this... I don't know, you know, when when it's all said and done, you don't ever, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not sitting there going, I wish I had more money, or right. I, I wish I would have been at work longer, or, you know, you don't... Look at how don't, many geocaches I found. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, seriously, when you get down to it, right. there's more to life, and if you don't tap into that, you miss out, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we do our program, that's why we... And speaking of that, here, we'll just flip it right around, nice transition... Um, uh-huh. you've been listening to our podcast for a while. What do you think of the Taken With You podcast? 
I love the Take Him With You podcast. I uh, You have been with me for about a year, a little over a year, and uh, it has been so neat to see the podcast grow. Uh, I love the music. Um, I've told you before, I always listen to you on double speed, though. That's one of the that is hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah, I always I listen to every podcast on double speed, and every now and then I'll accidentally put somebody on um, you know regular speed, uh-huh. and it sounds like it sounds like they're totally wasted to me now. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> dude. That that's kind of scary to me because Welcome. I already have a high voice, and then she I'm like, like a chipmunk. I probably go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it, it takes about 30 seconds to adapt to it, and you really don't notice the change in the voice. No, you just don't. With and you get through um, everything twice as fast. Like this interview will only to, take, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, but I, I do have to slow you down when you play music. Yeah, because, because that really sounds weird, doesn't it? It does sound very strange. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. no, you know, I think you're doing a great thing. And I, I really, you know, from the beginning, I've been behind what you're doing. Um, I, uh, I love the kind of the, the format of the show. I thought it was really cool when Amy joined you. Um, good, good. It was a little odd. It was a, it, Amy, I'm sorry, but it took me a few weeks to adjust because it was like buddy time with Rick yeah. prior to that. <laughs> you know, just... It's like, yeah, hey, who's this lady sudden, and what's like, she done with my co- my host? I don't understand. That's right. I have to start behaving myself while I'm yeah. listening to Rick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's a woman in the room, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, no. I couldn't do my fa- I, my farting jokes anymore. I don't understand. <laughs> you can. You just get some rolling of the eyes going yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. But, but you guys have a great dynamic, the way you kind of play off each other and, and support each other. And um, I just really enjoyed hearing that. And, uh, ah, you know, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. You, you know, you are a big part of uh, what you do is a big part of my devotions uh, every week. Oh, I, I look cool. forward to hearing the show. And, you know, that's to me, that's one day that I get to, uh, to walk and listen. And uh, there's times when I want to reach to the microphone and tell you, like, one more thing. You didn't take right. the scripture quite far enough. Right, right. right. This instead. But, yeah. but I do that with everybody. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the other podcasts I listen to every week is one of my uh, professors from college. He's oh, now cool. preaching at a church. And a few weeks ago, he was preaching on the uh, the prodigal son. And he brought out the point that the word prodigal means lavish. And he talks about how this son lavished all that his father gave him. You know, he, he just, just squandered, you know, spent it all and lavished everything. And, and then he took that from there and started talking about grace and how our father lavishes grace upon us. Right. Uh, and he never went to Ephesians chapter 1 and where Paul says that he has lavished his grace upon us. I mean, right. it's right there. Yeah. And the he never used word, it. <laughs> it's the same word for prodigal. So I wrote yeah. Chuck and I said, Chuck, why did Get you not missed. go to to Ephesians 1, and he wrote me back and said, where were you when I was writing this sermon? <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a friend that would uh, talk about the, those particular scriptures you just said, and he really loved mayonnaise, and so he would he would always make the, the example that on his sandwiches, he liked to lavish, he liked to lavish mayonnaise on it because it really <laughs> tasted yummy that way. So we always, whenever you, somebody says that, I think of a sandwich with mayonnaise. Yeah. The prodigal mayonnaise. Yeah, that's right. That's very, very fun. Well, that's very cool. Um, before we go, one last thing. Um, if you, since you have kind of the microphone here, and you have a, mm-hmm. a we have a, a big listener base now, um, what is what is something you would want our listeners to know? It's just something that that maybe that would help them in their life, or or um, just 
I don't know, open up a door for them. I mean, as far as God is concerned in the world, and because we have a lot of people that listen that maybe don't go to church or, or right. don't have a relationship with God, but they listen, they're interested. What would you say to them if you, well, I'm just going to give you a couple seconds. What do you want to do? I mean, what do you want to say to them? Rick, that wasn't on the, was that on the questionnaire? Ah, uh, kind of, yeah. It was, that yeah, last yeah, one, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. guard. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what would I say? I would say, um, Whatever image of God you have had put in your head uh, over your lifetime, um, there's always something else there that, that you've not quite caught. Uh, and never going to catch it all. I mean, that's the whole point. But it is so easy to get yourself, your mindset locked into this idea that God must be like this or God must be like that. Or he's just in this little box where you can understand him. Uh, if you can understand him, then you haven't got it yet. You know, he's always going to surprise you. He's a, he is an eternal being that, that we are never going to completely comprehend. Um, and I, I always like it when <clears throat> I like it when people come up to me and say, you're not quite like what I thought a preacher ought to be. <laughs> you know? right, right. Or when I preach a sermon and they say, that's not quite what I thought a sermon was supposed to be. I like that, uh, too. Yeah. I, I hope it carries over and they stop and think. That's not quite what I thought God was. You yeah. know, I, I don't. I didn't see Him as as that kind of a, a loving Father. I didn't see Him as as that kind of of, of uh, a being. And uh, and that they kind of grow in that and and come to appreciate Him in, in new ways. That's very very cool. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Brett, for being on the program. We are Thank you, just. Rick. We enjoy your friendship, and I know Amy is always commenting on your posts on Facebook. She gets kicked out of them. <laughs> and uh, we we didn't really talk about your wife at all. She's really nice too. That's my wife, Trish. Yeah, yeah, she's on Facebook. You she see her is. canning stuff. Yeah, she's oh, – and what is it? Okay, is. I just have to ask this. Why do you always post food pictures? Because you make me starving, man. Oh, yeah, you look like you're starving, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you, though, you have some nice-looking yeah. nice food on the on the Facebook going we, on there. We call it We call it food porn. Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anytime you go out for a meal, you have to post a picture on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, food. But, uh, yeah, my wife, she's great. Well, that's very, very cool. Well, speaking of food, how can people get a hold of you if they wanted to know more about your story, or, or uh, you know, do you have somewhere that they could go if they want to be your friend on Facebook or whatever? What, do you I know how to get there? Me on, if they find you, they can find me on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, Facebook.com/slash/cybret, which is my geocaching handle. That's Cyber been my, yeah, that's been my geo, my my internet name forever. Cool. Uh, that's very cool. And, uh, yeah, and other than that, um, you know, they can always get a hold of me, and I can get them a hold of you. That's right. I can yeah. do that. I can hook them up. And then I, my other website that I do have, uh, which is kind of a geocaching, geocaching specific, it's called uh, Geocacher University, and that's geocacher-u.com. And uh, if you're wanting to find out about a little more about geocaching and get involved and understand how the game is played, it's a great place with some tutorials and some really uh, good interaction. But uh, that's the that's the other site where I do work. Way, way cool. Well, let's pray, and then we'll uh, and then we'll introduce next week's subject. Let me. I'll, cool. I'll, I'll pray for you. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank All you. right. Okay, Father, I just thank you so much for Brett's life and the. Uh, the the constant um, incredible encouragement that he is, not only to me, Lord, but to so many people that are in his life. I just thank you for him. I thank you for his creativity. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in his family. I thank you for his children and his wife. And I pray, God, that you would bless him and help him to be uh, a major influence in the people that he comes in contact with. Thank you for him now. We pray a blessing over him 
And I pray, God, that this interview has just really encouraged people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Brett. My wife just walked out of the room, so I know she would say thank you to you. Oh, yeah, she's yelling from the background. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, did I do a pretty good imitation of you? No, you never do a good imitation. She doesn't like my imitations of her. I don't understand. But thank you. I'm back, so thanks. I just had to run out of the room for a minute. Okay, so thank you, Amy. It's good talking to you, too. All right. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment to uh, close the show. Cool. Take care. Hello, my name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking Review podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. You can find us at Podbean, just type in Waffle On Podcast podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Thank you. Well, there you go. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Brett. He's just a very, very cool guy and uh, love his faith in God and he's just, uh, he's fun loving and got a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Alright, um, let's see. Oh, you can get a hold of us. We'd love some feedback. We don't get a huge amount of feedback. I mean, once in a while we do. Yeah, I got an email or a Facebook message this week. I have week, a big so announcement a, for you. A big announcement? I got you an email address. Oh. Now, if someone wants to get a hold of just you, my co-host, mm-hmm. they can get a hold of you at amy at takehimwithyou.com. Oh, cool. A-M-Y. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, you can contact Amy at amy at takehimwithyou.com or you can contact me, Rick, at takehimwithyou.com. We both have email addresses there now. You can visit our website at takehimwithyou.com. Mm-hmm. You can donate there. You can send us a comment, a suggestion, or constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Please. You can visit us on Sa- uh, Safebook. Safebook. No, Facebook, which isn't always Safebook, uh, at facebook.com slash rick.moyer or amy.moyer, either one. Mm-hmm. You can also follow me on Twitter at moyer777. Yeah, and if you want to add us as a friend, can can you message that you've listened to the to the podcast? podcast. Yeah, because Amy doesn't always know everybody that listens. Yeah, we also have on Facebook. Um, we have a taken with you uh, page as well, a fan page yeah. or a, a like page or whatever you call it. My daughter made me do that. Wow, how do you get to that, Catherine? She knows more about Facebook. Just type in Take Him With You Podcast on the search thing and you'll find us. Be our friend. We'd love that. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be cool. All right, great. Okay, next week we are going to do a program on, uh, in today's economy, even though I know the uh, the government told us, uh, came out with an announcement that the recession is over. Really? Yeah, even though I don't feel like the recession is over. <laughs> and a lot of people don't. And, you know, jobs are hard to come by and so on and so forth. Um, we thought it would be interesting to do a program on stretching the dollar, um, and in particular, just stretching your budget. Because I know not everybody. We have some international users. Users? No, we have international <laughs> listeners that you don't use dollars; they use other currency. So, we're going to talk a little bit about practically how does um, how does a couple, how does a family stretch the dollars to live uh, within their means instead of going into debt and credit. So. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we can t- and we can talk about a little bit about getting out of out of debt and so on and so forth. So we'll talk about uh, we'll talk a little bit about money, but it's going to be from the angle of saving money and and um, you know making ends meet a little easier in these tough times. What do you think? It sounds like a good plan to me. Okay, so join us next week for Take Him With You. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2010, all rights reserved. You're getting better at that every week. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Greetings. I am M.W. Orbit. Thank you for following my adventure. Do you like my kitten? Her name is Chloe. My mission is to seek out life in the universe and to communicate with it. I orbit three times and then send out a message. I will be launching soon. After my ride on the space elevator to Platform C, then I will slingshot around the sun and approach light speed. From there I will be thrust into the Milky Way. Please join me for updates and follow me as we explore the galaxy. You can follow me on M W Orbit dot com. <laughs>